The second reading is taken from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Well, morning, everyone. Happy New Year from me too. Um, uh, Today, as Ben said, we're going to start our three-week series called 24, A Day with God, um, a chance to reconsider how we use each part of our day uh, to glorify God and to enjoy him. Uh, But the purpose of this series is not to burden us with a list of must-dos that we have to add to our already uh, busy lives. Instead, we hope that uh, we will all gain a greater appreciation of uh, what God is like what blessings he's given us access to, and how practically that's going to affect the way we live our lives each day for him. And as Ben said as well, we're going to focus in on our early mornings today. But before we do that, let me pray. Father God, we thank you for this time together now looking at your word, and we pray that through it you would bless us and change us. Amen. Uh, Now, um, Today we're going to be thinking about uh, what we do when we wake up, just before we do any of the normal day's activities, those early mornings. And it would be helpful as we think about that for you to think through what your early morning looks like, because it's going to be very different for all of us, um, isn't it? So what time will you set your alarm tomorrow morning? Uh, What will you do the very first thing as you wake up? What will you listen to in the morning? What will you read? Uh, Will you go on a commute? Uh, Will you do a school run? Uh, Where does spending time with God feature in your mornings? Today we're going to think very practically about how we can use that time first thing for all it's worth. Now for some of us, thinking about uh, spending time with God in the morning might be very new, might might be the first time you've ever thought about it. For others, you might have thought about it lots in the past, but for one reason or another, Maybe it's uh, become dry or burdensome or it's just stopped altogether. So we all need to be reminded of the answer to this very important question. Why spend time with God each morning? And I'm going to answer that with two, um, with two different uh, points. So the first point is this. Enjoying God is your purpose. Let's have a look back at uh, Luke chapter 10 and that challenging passage of the story of the two sisters, Mary and Martha. In verse 38, Martha welcomed Jesus into their home, but Martha and her sister chose to prioritize very different things. Martha was distracted with the preparations and the serving that she thought needed to be done, whereas Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened to him. This wasn't just the result of the rotor who was on cooking duty that week. No, it was a result of their different understandings of their relationship with Jesus. 
And the passage finishes with Jesus telling Martha that it's Mary uh, who has the right understanding of her relationship with him. And therefore, it's Mary who has chosen the good portion, the one thing that's necessary, listening to and being with Jesus. Now, there's so much which we could unpack from that challenging passage, but let me just pull out a couple of things which will help us as we think about our mornings together. Firstly, isn't it interesting that Martha is distracted by trying to serve Jesus? Now, we might assume that that's the right thing for her to do. I mean, serving Jesus is commended in the Bible, isn't it? But Martha hasn't grasped how we relate to Jesus. We are not Jesus' servants in the sense that he has some need that we can fulfill. No, Jesus is not in need. He's the source of all things. As Tozer famously said, need is a creature word. And Jesus is the creator, not a creature. No, instead, incredibly, he serves us and our many, many needs. So Martha has missed the good portion that she's been offered by Jesus. She's missed out on enjoying being with him and being served by him. Now I wonder whether we're ever tempted to think that Jesus needs us to serve him with how we spend our mornings. Well, when I was a student, I remember hearing a talk for children at my church um, on uh, how grace affects the way we follow Jesus, the way we do his commandments. And it's all about changing your gots into gets. And I think it's really helpful. And it goes like this. We haven't got to read our Bibles in the morning. We get to read our Bibles. We haven't got to pray for others. We get to pray for others. It's an incredible shift in the way in which we think about uh, how we spend each morning. Our quiet time or our time with God. It is an act of obedience. It is a joyful duty But it doesn't serve God. No, through it, he serves us. And that shift in mindset is something that Mary, sat at Jesus' feet, gets completely. Also, know that Mary is just enjoying being with and listening to Jesus. So if your view of Jesus is that what he demands from us is that we do, 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 then this will come, might come as you as quite a surprise because Jesus commends Mary for just sitting at his feet and listening to his teaching. No, she isn't wasting her time. No, she, she isn't missing out. No, Jesus says the one thing that's necessary, the one thing that lasts, the good portion, is to sit at his feet and to enjoy listening to him. And that's not just true for Mary, that's true for all of us. A famous church catechism sums up the Bible's teaching on what our purpose as humans is as this. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And the enjoying God and the glorifying God, they're not different tasks. No, God is glorified or praised by us enjoying being with him and worshipping him. Just like when you hear crowds of people cheering and enjoying and sporting achievement, that brings glory to the players. Or when you hear an impressive musician play, your enjoyment, your applause, your smiles, they bring glory to the musician. So it is with God. When we enjoy God, we are glorifying him. 
John Piper famously puts it like this. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And it's hard to hear that sentence, isn't it? And not think of of Mary just sat at Jesus' feet, totally satisfied to be with him. And it's not just in Luke 10 where we see this. No, it goes through the whole Bible. The book of Psalms is just full of examples of people finding joy in being with God. Here's some examples. Psalm 37, we're commanded to take delight in the Lord. Or Psalm 16, the psalmist says that we will be filled with joy in God's presence, with eternal pleasures at God's right hand. And in Psalm 68, the righteous are glad and rejoicing. Before God, they are happy and they are joyful. In Psalm 84, the psalmist says that it's those who are dwelling with God, praising him, they're the ones who are truly blessed. Even that one day in his courts is better than thousands elsewhere. And I could just go on and on naming them. So it's your purpose as one of his redeemed people to find your joy in him too. That is what Jesus made you for and that is what Jesus saved you for which is both surprising and incredible. Christianity is not about a killjoy God who wants us to leave the joy uh, the world offers to live a boring, uh, joyless life with boring, monotonous mornings. No, God is the source of all joy. And true joy is found being with him, even in our mornings. So enjoying God is your purpose. But the second answer to why spend time with God each morning is this. It's God's idea. It's in the Bible. Let me outline just a few places in the Bible uh, where we see this time with God each morning. First of all, let's go back to Daniel chapter 6. Here we see Daniel, one of God's uh, faithful people living in Babylon in exile, under pressure constantly to turn turn his back on God. And we see that he has this ritual of three times a day, he would open his window towards Jerusalem where God had promised that they will one day return and praying to God, asking for help. And Daniel persisted with his praying. Even when it was outlawed um, and there was a crisis, he kept on with that routine. And we are undoubtedly living in a time of crisis. But we can follow Daniel's example in this crisis and keep a routine of prayer where we call out to God each morning asking for his help relying totally on him then if you flick forward to Mark chapter 1 verse 35 to 39 we see here Jesus himself who is God himself prioritizing time with God the father each morning See, Jesus knows uh, from his experience of eternal joy with God uh, that being with God the Father, praying to him, is the way that he wants to start each morning. It says, And rising very early in the morning, whilst it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And finally, we can go to Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus calls us not to act like hypocrites and only pray when others are watching, but to go to our closets or to our own private place and pray to God, where no one else can see, 
Because doing this will show that we have faith that God is worth praying to. Even when no one can see, there's no credit for it in any other way. So we want to spend time with God each morning because enjoying him is our purpose and because it's God's idea and it's in the Bible. But next question, what does spending time with God each morning actually look like? What would it look like for us tomorrow morning? Well, going back over those biblical examples, let me encourage us, like Daniel, to structure in a routine and to stick to it. Not to serve Jesus, but so that we can ensure we get the blessing of him serving us. We are creatures of habit, so getting into those godly habits with times with God each morning brings us so many blessings. And let me encourage you, like Jesus, to do it in those early mornings. It's not necessarily the time where we feel uh, like we're most awake and most uh, find it easiest to think, uh, but it's so wise to set up our day, reorientate our day uh, towards God at that time uh, in the day, in the morning. Perhaps if you don't feel like you've got enough time in the morning, perhaps you need to get to bed earlier, uh, perhaps you need to get up before the kids do, or perhaps you need to convert your breakfast time or your commute time or your shower time into time with God. And finally, where is your closet? Where is your secret place where you're going to go and spend time with God? Maybe it's a garden bench or it's a spare room or somewhere else. I even know someone in our church family before uh, March, before the lockdown, he used to go regularly to John Lewis Cafe in town uh, to spend time with God there. Find a place that works for you. Well, that answers when and where, but what do we do in these times with God? Well, let me suggest uh, two components of our time with God. Firstly, let's read our Bibles. Our God is the opposite of how Victorians wanted their children. He can't be seen, but he can very clearly be heard. His very words are readily available to us in the Bible, and we have the Spirit illuminating them to us. Notice in Luke 10 that Mary was enjoying listening to Jesus' words. But where should we start in this big book? What are you going to read? Well, it's tempting at the start of January, isn't it, to set huge, ambitious targets for what we're going to read in the whole year. But why not plan what you might read just this January? A chapter of the book of Acts each month will take you to the end of the month. Um, or a chapter a day of Matthew's gospel, uh, following where we've been in church um, the last few weeks. Or how about a different approach? How about on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday mornings, you uh, study in depth the passage that we're doing at church on the Sunday, giving you extra time to process it and apply it to your life. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, do the same with what you're going to study at midweek group or at the prayer meeting. Um, so you've got more time to process and apply that too. Well, great, now you've read it, uh, but what should you do next? Well, some people find study notes helpful. You can use the Explore Bible app uh, on, uh, on your phone. Just search Explore Bible app in the App Store. That's a very helpful tool. It just asks you a few simple questions to help you understand the passage and apply it to yourself. Or you could use devotional notes to help you understand what God's word means. Or you could just ask these three questions of each passage. What does it tell us about God? What does it tell us about yourself? And, what, and how should I respond? 
Just ask those three simple questions of any passage. And you could text a mate each day to say what you've learnt or a verse that's really helped you. Talk about it with your spouse or your housemates. That's really helpful. And let me also recommend to you uh, the audio Bible read by David Suchet. I don't know whether you've heard that before. It's a brilliant way of listening to God's word um, being read. If reading maybe is more challenging for you or just as a different way to approach God's word. Sometimes when I'm in the shower, I put it on and you just notice such different things as the Bible is read to, the, to you than you might do if you were reading it yourself. So read the Bible, that's, that's the first thing. But secondly, let me recommend you start your day by praying to God. We've already talked about it, that so far in the service. We've heard from him in his word and now we have the opportunity to communicate back to him. We've got total access to boldly approach the throne of the King of Heaven and he loves to hear our prayers even when we're bleary-eyed and we can't think straight. Uh, But don't know what to pray for or how to pray? Well, here's a few suggestions. Pray what you've learned from the passage you've looked at back to God. Praise him for what what, uh, you've learned about him. Confess uh, what you've learned about yourself. Pray for power uh, to respond in a way that brings him glory. But you can also uh, use other structures um, why not use the structure that we teach the children? You know, we never get beyond this. Uh, the anacronym STOP, S-T-O-P. Sorry, thank you, others, please. Um, or you could follow ACTS, A-C-T-S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And there are also books which offer you really good set prayers to pray to God if that helps you to articulate, articulate yourself on those mornings when words uh, are hard to find. And I know that lots of you uh, use the prayer mate app or keep a prayer diary to log your prayers and remind you when God's answered them. I loved hearing this prayer that a pastor prayed each morning. I think it's a really great prayer for reorientating ourselves to remembering uh, that God um, is the, yeah, the center of the universe. He, he prayed, God, you're going to do a thousand things, a thousand amazing things today. Please let me be involved in what you are doing. Great, so we've seen that we should uh, uh, do our quiet times because uh, our purpose is to enjoy God and because um, it's in the Bible, it's God's idea. But what's stopping us? Well, clearly there is a spiritual battle going on. Satan hates us to reading God's word and praying to him each morning. And he'll use every temptation he can to get us to stop. I'm going to focus on two big ones. And it's impossible to do, this, uh, to do this sermon on how we use our mornings without discussing how we use our phones. Our whole lives have been totally transformed by them. In the phone charging by our bed, uh, we have the potential to do some really destructive things as well as some really helpful things. We've already discussed apps like Prayer Mate or the Explore Bible Reading app. They're great ways of using our phone as a tool for good. But it may be that you decide that having your phone by your bed is just too bad for your sleep or leads to too much temptation, both to waste time or to go on unhelpful things. And it may be that buying an alarm clock um, leaves you much less tempted. uh, And if so, please do take that radical step. 
Remember, Jesus is pretty strong when he talks about battling temptation. It's better to cut off your hand than to sin with it and be thrown into hell. Tough decisions do need to be made. But uh, equally, it may be that you listen to Christian music as you go to sleep, and you do your quiet times on your phone, in bed, or whatever. Um, It's a real benefit to you. You know yourself. Uh, Whichever it is, take action. Remember, this is not something we've got to do. This is something we get to do. It's something uh, we get to enjoy God. We get to enjoy him more. We get to rid ourselves of distraction. We get pure joy. Now, before I pray for us, I'm going to hand over to John Piper. Is he going to deal with the second temptation that I know uh, swirls around our heads? Um, The second biggest temptation is this, uh, that we actually think that the Bible is boring that time with God is boring. And John Piper deals with that really well in this clip. So I'm going to hand over to him. God has brought you here today so that I could tell you on his behalf that he has an invitation for you and a gift. God is saying to you, now, now, I have communicated everything you need to know in order to have godliness and life and be fruitful for me and powerful for me and faithful to me. I have spoken it. I invite you to enjoy it. I invite you to live in it. Not not lick this lollipop once every three days. I invite you to live here. Hold this. Love this. Read this. Meditate on this. Memorize this. Day and night. Don't let the world shape you so that this looks boring. God Almighty has spoken. It can't be boring. It can't be boring. We're the problem. He's a Vesuvius of joy and energy and power and wisdom and strength and love and grace and justice and truth. He can't be boring. The world is boring. Avatar is boring. That's not even in the manuscript. Back when John Piper said uh, that um, Avatar was the movie that everyone was talking about. Uh, But if you replace Avatar with Twitter or Instagram or uh, Netflix or BBC News, uh, the same point still stands for us today. I wonder what it would be for you. Let's think that through as we pray together now. Father God, thank you that you are not boring, that you are a Vesuvius of joy. Thank you that we can enjoy you, be served by you each and every morning. We thank you that despite our sin, because of the cross, we have total access to boldly approach you. 
I pray you would help us to make the most of this and let it shape the way we live for your glory. Amen. This afternoon, I'm going to send out a list of resources uh, that you might find helpful for what you do with your mornings. Uh, But right now, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to sing. So if you'd like to stand, I'm going to sing again together.